reading from the book of Philippians. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The reason I bring this um, verse up is because I grew up just like most people in the world without much. Let me turn the volume down on the music because I end up drowning out my voice with it. So I'm trying to build some kind of relationship with God, you know, and go beyond just thinking and praying and asking for stuff. And I feel like in my life, I've seen God as a way out. God as a way to get stuff that I need so I don't suffer. And I'm realizing that I'm praying to not suffer, but I don't know if that will be possible. I think what I'm learning is to pray in regards to my suffering and through it and that I can't I can't not suffer as a human you know and sometimes I feel like I tend to look at rich people or privileged people you know that live in Connecticut or whatever, Upper East Side. I don't know. I, don't, I never grew up in the East Coast or like, what is that town? Manhattan or something in like a posh apartment or whatever. And I usually just think, oh, these people don't suffer. I suffer. People like me suffer. People that don't have a lot suffer. And we pray. We pray for stuff. We pray, you know, because we can't afford the doctor, you know, it's like, oh, we pray we don't, we pray we get better, or we pray we get a good grade, we pray for a better life, we pray that somebody we love doesn't die, and I feel like I'm not really the one to say religion is evil, because it controls people, I think what I'm learning is that we can confuse, gosh, I don't know how to explain it. I feel like 
as a minority, I can't just keep praying that things will work out for me. Because, yes, there's an element to faith in how I define success. I feel like my success is not really about what I acquire, but whether or not I had a good relationship with God and faith in God. And I feel like I don't want that to allow me to justify oppression for a people's they my people's or other people you know and I feel like through that verse I'm learning to not just use God as a vehicle to fund a lifestyle that's worldly that's more or less based on insecurity that God doesn't want me to feel because that's that insecurity is kind of um a manifest I don't want to say manifestation because a that word's overused but b like I don't I want to find a better word it's just being that insecure shows that. I don't have my eye on the real prize, you know, which is my salvation and being with God and being in a state of peace with myself and my brothers and sisters, everyone, you know? And and it shows that I lack faith because I'm praying for arbitrary stuff that would make me feel validated in a materialistic world or a status, power, wealth-driven world, you know, which I do want because I've been conditioned. But I think the need for money says so much about our need for security and how important that is. And, like, I have been freaking out about money recently because I've been spending a lot and haven't been working as much. And I'm hopefully soon going to be scheduled for um for onboarding finally for my um TA job at LAUSD school I went to so I'm hoping on that and I'm taking a couple of classes because I have to and honestly I was thinking of um applying this fall for MA program and LMFT program but anyway I don't want to get too sidetracked on accomplishment or whatever achievement, which is fine, I think, to have as a person. But anyway, you know, I read that first and I wrote it down in a journal and it helped me a lot because the reality is a lot of what we learn in church is so dogmatic. And what I mean by that is just you're kind of drilled with core themes about faith, or not even faith, but religion, and what people to align with, what people not to align with, which people are evil, which people aren't, how, or someone saying how they're not evil, but other people are, and how annoying that is, and I feel like 
taking a individualistic approach, which again, that word can be seen by the church as some form of narcissism or selfishness or something satanic, but really it's to get you to think of how God's speaking to you in your life with your personality, your struggles, the things that have haunted you, you know, and some verses kind of just fly past me, honestly, sometimes, but some, you know, and you've probably heard this a lot, some kind of stick, and the one I read about learning to be content no matter what the circumstances are or what else did it say? Just, I think, hold on, let me see. Paul is talking about um, that he knows how to be brought low and how to abound, you know? And I want to learn about him in my journey or whatever because he's kind of like a writer, but he's also like someone who's just kind of has basically been like a someone who's been chewed up and spat out, you know, in his life. And um, just someone resilient, you know. And anyway, um, reading that the other days kind of like taught me like... The point of praying isn't to... To pray that all the suffering will go away. It's to have God be this column or this foundation for for that suffering so that it's not channeled into a means of changing it so you can feel relief from it. Because I feel like either way, it's going to be there, you know? Like, realistically, it's there. It's the elephant in the room that I feel like I've been trying to kill or that we try to kill, you know, and and I'm learning like through through the faith itself, it's like, oh the suffering the end of the suffering comes much later in the story. And we won't know the day, you know, but it's there. It's written there, you know, and and in the meantime Again, if you don't believe or whatever, it's fine. I'm not here to convince you. But I just share it just to share it. Maybe you do or maybe you want to. But I feel like... It's not so much our job to not suffer. It's our job to learn and to teach how to move beyond it and how to respond to it and how to make that suffering into a bridge that brings us closer to God. It's hard because you can wait so long for something, you know, and sometimes you see that it hasn't come, you know, when you learn that, well, maybe I didn't need it. Or you grapple with 
your idea of God or God and the saming things, you know, and but you can't really deny that you're here, you know. I feel like we talk about what wholeness is in a human and how that means you have enough, but I feel like the having enough isn't so much dependent on how much you have. It's the mindset that you have that tells you, I do have enough, I am whole. Even if you haven't accomplished everything or even if you have been rejected, you know? And hopefully going back to this theme or this verse, like you learn how to deal with having a lot and how to deal with not having enough. And maybe that's what it means to be human. The ebb and flow and accepting yourself at each moment of that ebb or flow and being with God regardless of what happens in your life, you know? Like, regardless if someone you love is sick or you're waiting to hear back from a school or waiting for a grade to get back on an exam you took, you know? Or whether this month you're going to make it. And that's a scary feeling. And it's human to feel that way. And I think it's inhumane to take that away from us. But it's also inhumane to perpetuate that at an institutional level, you know, with a group or a class of people. And I think... Again, I can't say what the role of Jesus is. I'm not Jesus. I'm still learning. But I feel like... I thought about this earlier today on a bike ride. Because I got my bike lights jacked, whatever. I was pretty upset about that. I kind of am still now. But I thought about Jesus and I'm like... And I thought about why do people do this to each other? Why do people... Excuse my language... Why do people fuck each other over so much? Why do people rob someone else? Why do people step on each other? Why do people fight? Why do they have so much drama sometimes at work or in the home? Sometimes I think like, don't they all know they're gonna die? Don't they all know they're not in a in a movie, they're in a scene. Don't they know this is a flash? This life with others, you know? And then, you know, in life you find things that you love about yourself, maybe here and there when you're older, you know? and.
I feel like one thing I like about myself or love about myself now is that I can see that in my own life that it's so short. Like, it's over. I think about that and I've told people that like, I'm already gone. That's how short my life is. That's how precious our lives are, you know? And cliche and corny to say, why can't we all get along? But I feel like it's true. There's plenty to go around. We just kind of accepted our hierarchical nature to an extent where we just we just roll with it, you know, and I guess that's fine. But I feel like, why can't you challenge something when it feels right? Instead of just constantly accepting things, just because it's easier to. I do want a better world. I want a better world for my children, for their children, for me, for you. I don't know what it's going to take. But I'm learning, you know, to accept when I suffer, to accept when I don't have enough, or to just even... Except when I feel like I don't have enough. Because it's been happening a lot, you know. I've been looking at my, like, regular savings. Kind of like, wow, that caught low quick. But I want to, like, move on from that, you know. And just, like, be thankful. Be thankful for what I have. I think today I messed up by looking at, like, my bank statements and stuff. Like, first thing in the morning, which I need to stop doing. Um... Yeah, I don't really know what my main point of sharing this verse was today, but I think I'm just learning to try to find stability and chaos, you know, just internally. And I feel like Paul's kind of telling us to like try to learn to be content in whatever situation you're in, because if you're not you kind of latch on to this up when you're down and you latch on to this down while you're up, which can bring you down. And I see that so much in my life. And I feel like he's telling me to just master like an ex a sense of acceptance, you know, with, with where you are in your life and what life looks like. Because some days are just going to be terrible, you know? Some people are just disgusting and sludgy and slimy and toxic and gross. Sometimes they're in your life for a moment, sometimes for a week. Or a good chunk of your life, depending, you know? And I'm just learning to see it that way, you know? Because there's so many times where... I'm at a good place in my life and I'm just like, oh, like, you know, just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And sometimes I'm low and I'm chasing this dream in my head that's like, oh, it's going to get better. I'm going to receive an exorbitant amount of money soon. 
all at once and I'm gonna be set for a while. And I think what I'm learning now is like, well, it'd be good to find peace regardless of what happens. You know, I feel like that'd be a, a good skill to have, you know? And that's where I wanna be. And I wanna practice that. And I think maybe I've gotten better at it this year, but it still haunts me sometimes. And I feel like growing up a first generation American, and for some people who weren't, who, whose parents were born here, like you can still grow up in a, in a family that's economically not stable or struggling. And even beyond that experience, it still gets internalized, you know? I feel like it'd be good to try to learn a way to cope. Because it is hard as hell. And... You're not prepared to be a person because there are so many dimensions to being a person. And I don't know how to... I'm trying to come up with a good analogy. Like They're kind of hit or miss. And they're kind of dumb. But I feel like it's kind of like those books. Um, wait, is this a good analogy? I might need time to think about it, but I feel like there are some things you don't know how to cope with because you don't know you're going to face them until it happens. And no one's no one's been properly equipped to train you about processing something that they haven't experienced. And therefore how are they gonna how the hell are they gonna teach you what they don't know? How the hell are you gonna learn until you go through something and that takes forever you know and like I find myself having those experiences as an American as like a a gamete donor or whatever I'm just like these intense feelings and I'm like how come there's no one to go to? Or like, how come there's people to go to, but they don't know what I'm talking about? And you just have to like, just like so many people do, you know? Whether it's people who are poor or people of color or women or just people with disabilities, it's like, and many others, you know? I don't say that to exclude anybody. But it's like, you have to be that person that says, like, this is me. This is what I struggle with. Is anybody else? And then maybe a community is formed or something, you know? And Because it's weird. It's just really weird. When you have a feeling, but there's no language to it. Because, you know, also, this is a new world we're in. You know, and it's being reshaped and so are our values because this whole 20th century 
American like life it's just this needle in a haystack you know it's just this we've profited off of a war a world war in the mid 20th century we've profited off of a stolen peoples a purchased people you know these things are barbaric and the results of this barbarism are what we cling to in this abundance and we chase it and that's how we get shit like the dust bowl and now climate change and i feel like Can't we just make do with what we have? And why is more so good? Why is profit so nice? And now our world is built on it. But I know the world is changing. I know people are good. But a lot of people tell me I'm naive. But I feel like you have to believe people are good. Because if you give up on humanity, then you give up on humanity. And that feeling wins. And that feeling plays out. But if you feel like people are good, you know, which is hard or easier said than done, then then you become good you know like whoever stole my bike lights like fuck you piece of shit like my mom got me one of those and there's part of me that wants to say well i hope you die but then it's like well i can't become that person that hates people because they give me reason to Cause then it's just, I become like that. And I don't want to, I'm, I want to be a good person. And then I think that's when I started thinking about Jesus. And I'm like, I'm not saying I'm like Jesus. Cause I definitely not, <laughs> definitely not the son of God. Um, but I was like, man, Jesus came into this, like, I don't want to say shit show, but like, you know, and I'm like, He's telling people all this stuff. Some people are listening. Some people believe. Some people are clearly jealous. Or feel threatened. Or feel like the world has come crashing down. At this person who claims to be this chosen one. You know? And, and then I thought like, man. This guy was lonely. I must have been lonely. And I asked, like, was he lonely? Was Jesus lonely? And it's like, as someone who's dealt with, like, depression and, like, loneliness and stuff, it just, it put things into perspective because, you know, when you go to church, or if you go to church, Especially a Catholic church. Like Jesus 
up high on a cross, you know? And I feel like I never really liked that concept because again, like I can't speak for an entire religion or divine being, but like he wouldn't want to be remembered for being like above or below at some point if you believe that he's the real deal you pay less attention what people are telling you about him and more attention to what he's saying about God about about pain about how to treat other people not how to treat God like a slot machine and and so I feel like he would want to have been remembered for teaching, for like building a sense of community where where marginalized people were like reintegrated with. with the rest of society because if you really look at it like that like it's there that's a lot of what his ministry was about was was integration you know and helping people that were hurt and it wasn't about power I feel like as an INFJ guy I feel like there's so much pressure to be powerful there's so much pressure to lead and it's just not in me but that doesn't mean I'm a failure you know that just means nothing like it just means I'm not that and I see that in myself, again, not saying I see Jesus in myself, but I see like this, this part of me that if and when I meet someone, I just want them to be who they are. I don't want to make them feel like they need to be someone who they're not because why? And like, anyway, going back to this whole loneliness or whatever you know I think maybe he was lonely because he walked into a world that didn't understand him or didn't want to understand him a world that didn't think the same way and feel the same way and people who believed in him in one moment but not in the next because they were so attached to this old way of thinking and this doubt 
and this attachment to the flesh and what i mean by the flesh is not like sex but just that a material wealth can is the key to a joy key to a joyous life you know but no it's not because if that goes away and you're unhappy then is that really the key to a happy life if you're attached to something that can leave you so quickly that when it leaves you it devastates you and it's not another person or the love you share then what does that say about you your heart and i'm learning to just trust jesus with my with my health with my homeostasis or whatever because that's ultimately what we want as biological creatures like we don't want to be we don't want to be hungry we don't want to be out in the cold sleeping um we don't want to be shunned we have all these needs you know and i think i'm learning that in my psychology class too this like hierarchy of needs and it's like if all of our basic needs were met, like, there'd be so much stuff with the world that would be right, you know? I think that's it for today. Um, I'm glad I did this not in the car because what tends to happen is it'll just show me it wasn't recording and I feel like Yes, this whole time, my phone was kind of touching like a blanket, so you might not have heard anything, but you know, I say this because I want you to be fine, like regardless of what you have, what you don't have, because peace is like, I don't know, I'm learning like peace is just what I want to have, I don't. I feel like you learn how to get that in a culture, in a given culture, you know? And I feel like with my culture, it's obtained through material items and um, positions of power and status. And it's like, I just want to have the thing that I need. I just want to have the peace. I don't want a middleman. I don't want to have to compare myself with others to answer the question of, yes, I have peace because then, well, maybe some days I won't have it. But it's like, I want to find peace regardless of what today is like. You know? Because God exists beyond time and space. And one day we all will. And we won't have to worry about this. Again, excuse my language. All this petty shit. You know? A world without food is a world without hunger. A world without ice and fire is a world without freezing and burning. And I feel like 
Maybe that's that place. That one day place. I don't know. But for now, I have to, I have to survive here. You know, I'm a person. I need to eat. I need to, I need to exercise. I need to fit in with a family or a group or a community. I need to eat. I don't know if I already said I need to eat. I need to sleep. These are needs I have as a person, you know, and I can't just shut them off. They say fasting helps. Um, not sleeping, like, on purpose. I don't know what they call that. Helps, maybe. I'm still figuring that out a little bit. But I don't think anyone should starve consistently. I don't think there needs to be anyone just sleeping on the dirt. Unless it's their choice. Because it also puts a burden on governments, like, I don't know, I just want for all of our basic needs to be met, but maybe that's not, you know, maybe that's just how it is. Again, I want to move beyond that. Anyway, I probably should have ended this episode, like, 10 minutes ago. I'm gonna end it now, though, so... I wish you well.